it just happened all the time that every single time that we go over there for family uh, dinners and reunion, he would talk me to the same spot again, looking at the neon lighting and distract me and just start touching me everywhere. It wasn't an easy journey. I was also someone in silence that was over 30 years. Been um, in a 19 years abusive marriage with my ex-husband and that was tough. But I was also being bullied since the age of six. But the hardest thing for me to um, admit was being sexually molested by someone I trust. But despite all of that, after 30 years, I stepped into the coaching world and I wanted to share the message that no woman should suffer in silence. With everything that we go for, the colorful past only make us stronger. So all my experience have turned into light and now I share that power with the people I touch and allow them to share their voice and share their experience. Welcome to Better Yourself Podcast with your boyfriend, Chris. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Martha. We actually going to talk about being abused by actually somebody that you love, especially like, um, you know, a uh, family relate. So how to overcome it, how actually Martha actually dealt with the whole thing. And, you know, she's going to talk about her own experience. And she also going to talk about how to help you to overcome, to survive, and to become a better person, to start smiling because, you know, life is good as she is right now. So before we start, Martha, she's also a super, she, she describes herself as a super confident coach. That's quite a big, big title. So I'm not going to say too much. I just want you to introduce yourself so the audience can know who you are. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Hi, Thank everyone. You. My name is Martha Mock. I'm the super confident coach. Even that my title sounds big, but I okay. didn't come here. It was actually great. This is very touching. So we're just going to go back straight to it. It's like it's a very deep topic because many people, I spoke to a lot of people, a lot of friends, many people actually being abused by people that they trust. But mm. it's even worse when it's actually... Um, a family member right mm. so mm. it's very difficult i don't know how to start with this but yeah tell me about yourself like um how did you do actually to how did you start it like how old you, how old was you it was probably the age around six Mm. And I was like bought to like Chinese New Year. So you go into your relative house mm. and you see a big, like the big boy over there. He's probably about 15 at that age when I was like uh, only about six. And he took me to a room and start looking at neon lighting that is across the wall on the street. Mm. And then I was touched everywhere. And at that moment, I didn't know what's going on, but something feel good about it. But I'm like, mm. but I thought that it was just a game. I was too young to recognize what happened. And then uh, it just happened all the time that every single time that we go over there for family uh, dinners and reunion, he would talk me to the same spot again, looking at the neon lighting and distract me and just start touching me everywhere. I didn't know that I was being sexually molested until a lot older. 
when the point that I say, hey, that sort of inappropriate touching wasn't correct. Mm. And I believe that I went into a thinking of feeling ashamed, feeling that, hey, um, this doesn't sound like it's normal. It doesn't sound like that um, it was what an uncle should do to a niece. And the hardest thing was that because I didn't know what happened until an older age, I didn't know how to respond to it. So my brain literally put me into a protection mode. I tend to block out memories of things that wasn't very good to me. So I didn't have the time to look into it and reflect until I was older. And when I was older, by doing self-development work and uh, meditation, trauma therapy, all of those things, it helped me to realize that it wasn't my fault of what happened. And the funny thing is everything that you go through in life, no matter how difficult it is, there's always a positive learning from it. It could be something that, hey, I will never let someone do that to me again. Right. It, I, or, or knowing that at that moment, it wasn't your fault. Having that knowledge, it gives the person control back. And that's what it did for me. Yeah. Wow. So that's very, yeah, it's, it's very touching. Because like when he said, I can actually like a picture, it's just crazy. Like, and you was very young. How old was you, was you again? Probably about six. You were six, right. Um, mm. So w- when I talk to people about this and people always tell me like the most difficult things, as you say, you wanted to forget about everything. But when I talk to people, people always tell me like the most difficult things about when you're being abused by people, like especially like, you know, people from your family is to actually tell to your relative, like to your parent, your father, your mother, it's very hard because people seems to not actually trust you, whatever you're saying. People don't really, I don't know if in your culture is the same, but like even like in the black people mm-hmm. culture, like it's just like, yeah, people don't really talk about it because people don't assume like those people can actually do this kind of thing. Or sometimes... Mm-hmm. Your parent can trust you, but the thing is, you don't, in your mind, you're going to be like, oh, you're going to feel the shame of yourself like you the one actually wanted to do that. So mm. did you feel I, I agree way with as you well? on that. Yeah, go on. Yeah. I agree with you on that. And the truth is, uh, I didn't actually went to my parents about it. I haven't. And I only started telling people when I went into the coaching world. Yeah. When I went to actually learn the fact that, hey, you know what? I need to be vulnerable about myself. I need to recognize inside of me what have happened in my life because I've been blocking all my memories away. I've been blocking having that self-mechanism and to tell myself everything is okay. Not until I started sharing my story to the world. Like I mentioned before, I was a woman in silence over 30 years. I'm a multi-award-winning international makeup artist. I want multiple businesses in my life. So I was, and I'm a like a competition judge. I'm always on stage and I get fly over, all over the world to work. And that gives me a shiny mask on the outside. I become the greatest pretender. No one knows what's going on behind me. No one knows that I was in an abusive marriage. No one knows that I've been bullied at school. And no one knows that I was sexually molested. So the sexually molested part was the hardest one and the longest one to take me to be open. As you mentioned before, like in your culture, we don't talk about that sort of thing. And it's true. In my culture, I'm Asian. 
so it's it's very tough to talk about anything sexual or things like that and now that you mentioned the funny things i didn't actually sit down with my parents and tell them about it i just went to the the first time i mentioned it was in a group therapy session where we were sharing and i said this is the first time i shared to anyone and if there was a bunch of guys in there as well and i don't know where i find the courage i just like i just share this experience and after how, i how shared once because the, oh when, i when was, got abused, it was, it was just six, how, how old was you when you actually shared for the first time 43 god really yeah that's it a took long, me that long time that's a long it took time. me that long because i blocked that memory so deeply that I didn't want it to affect my life. But the person because that did it, I know... was he pretend like, because <clears throat> the because per- he was so young, the person that did it, was mm-hmm. he pretending like it never happened or how was he with you? Yeah, he pretended it never, never happened. And like, we still like see each other, but I moved into Australia since the age of 11. Yeah. So after the, the years of molest, I don't see him again because I'm in Australia. And if I ever went back to Hong Kong to visit them, uh, he would just be like an uncle. He never touched me again. So that sort of memory. It but do you feel like so... you still have the power over you? I mean, before you say, before you feel like, mm. um, before you actually confess it, like, you know, say it to go to people, do you always feel like you have like, because you always have that kind of secret. But when you see mm. him, do you always feel like you have, you have kind of like a power over you in terms of like, oh, even definitely. You do anything, you feel intimidated. Somehow. Uh, I feel like that I want to know what happened. Yeah. But I was too scared to ask. That was the deal about it. And because I'm in Hong Kong for such a short time, we never really get too much about it. But I remember thinking, knowing that, oh, he's getting married, he's he's he have his own kids now and things. And it did, and then it, it those mo- moments is what would trigger me. I was like, mm. oh, he did something to me. He did something to me. And um, and I would go into a state of shock okay uh this happened okay how do i deal with it i don't know how to deal with it okay then just push it away and and deep bury it really really deep so it doesn't affect me so because i got so much other stuff in my life at that moment as well that i don't have time to think about it i don't have time to 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 deal with that i was going for abusive marriage during those time too so I'm like, no, nah, your brain can only focus on 134 bit per seconds in, in filtering information. So my brain was dealing with my husband's abuse every wow. single day for 19 years. So I, I didn't have time to think about the sexually molested type. Not until when I was 40, 40, 42, I think it was, um, because it was last year, I started to go back into my life and having a look at, so what happened to me? How do I become this person? Because I know I'm bitter inside. I'm mm. alone. I feel alone. I feel empty and I feel anger. There's yeah. so much anger in me. Where did that come from? Where did all that anger come from? And not until very deep soul searching, I remember I was doing something called the memory code in your body that is embedded in your DNA. So when the guy actually did that to me, he bring out a lot of memories that I forget and bury. And that was how I'm like, yeah, that did happen. Oh my God, that was crazy. And then I have to face the reality of dealing with it again. Mm. The feeling of being ashamed, the feeling of, I don't know what to do. 
oh, okay, now that memory is out, I can't hide it anymore. What do I do with it? So I started talking to my therapist and, and tell her about it. And then she will say, okay, so now you're in control now. What can this person do? Um, we I used to go to hypnotherapy session who yeah. use timeline therapy to help me to bring back into that moment and take control of that uh, memory. And yeah. that's, I think, is what it helped me to move on and be able to share with people. Wow. So, yeah, going back to the... I think your childhood must be have been like very difficult as well because many people I talked mm. about it. They always told me like the childhood they feel like they feel like self confidence is not really there, and mm. it's hard because they don't have a conversation with people and the parent. They just like hide it. I mean, for you it's good because you end up being successful. I feel like during your mm. childhood it was hard, but you become like confident as well. So where is that yeah. confidence come from? Is it because of you were so young and the impact wasn't as you didn't have so much information or how come you turned no. out to be so confident? Like I, be, I believe reason... you were already confident before the, before you actually say it to people, right? I'm talking about before you actually yeah. it out. Definitely. I was confident because I know I'm read. Mm. I accepted that fact. No one accepted me in school. I was in, a, I think I, when I was in primary school, I have about four years of not having a friend to talk to because they bully me to the point that I have to sit along every single day, every single session, every single uh, recession that you go to. So I was very, very bullied and I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my family. I was just dealing with it myself. So I dealt with loneliness. I dealt with being different. I dealt with people that who point finger at me and I said, they can't do anything to me without me responding to it. So I choose not to respond. I choose to be this people pleaser. I choose to be the person that who is actually to try to be nice and hoping that one day the situation will change. And it only did when I, just before I leave Hong Kong, my teacher, my class teacher said, I know that there's bullying going on in this class. I know that uh, that girl may have done something or she haven't even done anything. Mm. And, but you guys are moving towards high school now. It is mm. the last few months of your uh, primary school year. Isn't it time to put down all the walls and barriers that mm. you have done? And then because I didn't do any harm to people, I didn't fight back. I didn't go and start bullying other kids. I didn't go and actually be violent towards other people. And then people uh, and some of the guys starting to accept me and say, hey, she's actually not too bad. Like she's not as bad as what those ladies, like, you know, the girl group talk about. Yeah. So let's be friends with her. And I did. And I hardly have any girl, like girl, female friends. I only have guy friends because I'm this really don't care or like smiling person that is there. And that taught me one thing from a very young age that I need to be kind. I need yeah. to be someone that who doesn't have violence. So that took me for all the way until I was went to Australia. And I still remember the first school that I went to, uh, one of the first time that I met with multiple people. Couldn't speak a lot of English, very limited uh, speaking ability. And then I remember when I was trying to eat lunch and she said, oh, these girls eat so slow. She eat like a cow. And I'm like, huh? 
okay, I eat like a cow. And that hurt me a lot. Yeah. And then I started to learn to eat quicker. It huh. was one of the, my things that, okay, people tell me that I'm slow, then I, I shouldn't be slow. So then it developed the things that I work very quick. Everything is quick. And that is where I come from because I was told that being slow was like a cow and it wasn't a good thing. And I was only at that school for one year before I moved into the second school. And that was another bullying experience because I was a lot easier to make friends with, with male friends than female friends. I don't like beachy stuff. I'm not very girly type. And then, of course, a nice guy will have a jealous girlfriend. And then I got bullied out of that school again. Uh. And the, my third school, in one year, I have to change three different schools. It's because of bullying. And it was tough. It was really tough. As a young kid, you don't know what to do. But the one thing I always know is, you know what? I haven't done any harm to any other people. What they choose to think is not my, not something I can control. I could be sad about it or I can put on a brave face. And that's what I choose to do at that time. I put on a brave face. So I never talk about my experience as traumatizing or horrible because that is a term that I will go down the hill. It doesn't give me any encouragement. It doesn't give me any return on investment. So I choose to talk about my life as a colorful past, as something that I have learned from. So I learned not to do a certain thing instead of, oh my God, I fail at everything. And mm. that's how I wake up every single day instead of thinking myself as a failure, as someone that will be used someone that yeah. who have been bullied and abused, I say, no, I choose to be an inspiration. I choose to help other people. Yeah. I choose to be the light instead of the dark. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. That's that's very, it's very deep what you're actually saying, knowing like starting when you was younger, growing up, dealing with everything. And then on the top of that, you have the bully part, you have being abused in a relationship as well. But do you think mm. it's like even the relationship, do, do your ex, you know, partner, did you did know about your abuse as a child? He, I did know about it. I did talk about him, about bullying and stuff, but I was very young. I met him for three months while I was holidaying in Hong Kong. And then yeah. I got married within three months. We were married. I was 20, I was 21. Oh. So I was very, very young. And because of all my bullying in my life, I was craving for love. I was craving That's for another attention. thing I realized I as well. People actually, you're looking for, you cannot, yeah. yeah. You want that security, uh, that that thing that you may spend, yeah. Exactly. So I was craving for a companionship that I can tell everything to. So I found him and I was just holding on to him and he was my first boyfriend that I ever been with. And we was married for 19 years, doesn't matter what my treatment is, because I didn't know anything better at that time. I didn't years. know I can ask for help. 19 years. Whoa. I was in an abusive marriage for 19 years. It was a long time. Oh, okay. It was um, a long time. That's a very long time. So coming yeah. back to when you actually say everything, you know, like you went to that place, therapy place, and you actually mm. express yourself, you say everything. Mm. After that, how did you feel? It was my trauma therapist who actually encouraged me to become a, cons uh, a consultant or a coach. 
because she said that you have such a rich story behind you you overcome everything in your life and you should be able to use your what your experience to go and inspire other people and it was because of her that i found my power back i used to say uh, love means pain love is pain Love must go through pain first before you will find happiness. Because I thought all the love from my parents, all the love from my friends, all the love from my partner, it must be painful first before I see light. That was what I say to her. Mm. Not until she made me realize, guess what? I'm the one who gave that power away. Because one of when one of when my one of my uh ex boyfriend after my abusive marriage i met this amazing guy and he was my knight in shining armor everything that my ex-husband wasn't and i put in so much hope into him and then when he left i lost my light my mm. hope and my most valuable treasure my smile oh. i couldn't smile for three months i was in such a bad state that i didn't even know what smile was and because again, I forgot, I blocked it. I blocked it so much emotion. I kept so much things inside. And that's why going for trauma therapy and hypnotherapy was the best thing I ever done. It helped me to release things um, in my subconscious mind that I didn't realize because I blocked it so deeply that only hypnotherapy have brought all of the, those things out in a safe, controlled environment. So I wouldn't go crazy and start like jumping off a building or anything like that it makes me feel safe into the point that i can deal with the situation one of the main thing about hypnotherapy is it helps you to gain power back into that moment when you were weak and i realized that i was the person who gave the power away mm. i was the person that who let the other person hurt me that who are more powerful than i am so once I realized that I keep repeating myself one sentence, and it's not easy. Every single time I, I, I say it, my heart hurts a bit because it makes me remember what happened. Yeah. So I said to myself, I am more powerful than the person that hurt me. I'm taking that power away. I'm taking that power back from them. So I am more powerful than the people who hurt me. And that simple sentence that I repeated again and again and again, I don't know how many times in my head. And that helped me to gain power and control back into me. And the moment that I wake up, like there was an incident where my ex-husband tried to blame me for my cat's death. Oh, and really? it, Yeah, it was really bad. I haven't spoken to him for two years. He all of a sudden sent me a text message after my cat died. And I was grieving for my cat that was for 16 years because yeah. I don't have kids. She was the only thing I had. And when she died, it I really went into another depression and grief and all of the pain. And he sent me a text message calling me every name under the sun and telling me that her death is my fault. Everything that you can name off from someone that who was in grieving and you get told all the things that you don't want to hear. So I plunge into another depression, not as bad as before. And that's what is something that I want to let people know. We often afraid of what happened, it happens again. 
The truth is, our body can actually develop a defense mechanism. Even it still feel like terrible. It still feel terrible when those triggers are hit, but it won't hurt you as much as the first time or the second time when it happened. Every single hurt that you have, it makes you stronger on the inside without you even realizing it. So don't be afraid for triggers to actually come up. Because you will, every time that those triggers comes up, you will find a way to learn how to deal with it. And I must admit that I was in another depression for about three months. I was functioning. I was coaching. Anything about business, no problem. Talk to me. Anything about emotion, please do not talk to me. Because I would have teas. I would have all of that coming up. And it took me three months until I went to do my NLP, neurolinguistic Programming. Until I learned that, it helped me realize one thing, that I'm in control of everything that happened. I'm not in control of what my past is. I'm not in control of the future yet. But what I'm in control is this current moment that I have. This next second that I have is what I'm in control. Hmm. A lot of people use manifest as a dream. I manifest that I'm going to uh, have a million dollars. Keep manifesting. And I have nothing again, manifest. As long as you have a plan to go into achieving that manifest. So don't turn manifest into a dream. Mm. You must turn manifest into a step-by-step plan of how am I going to get there? And what do I need to do to go and to get there? So if I wanted to become not just a, a confident coach, but a super confident coach, I need to tell myself, what do I need to get to that stage? So yeah. I realized that I need to be unconsciously and consciously competent in my confidence. Yeah. That so is unshakable. No matter what other people are saying, it won't shake me anymore. And it doesn't happen overnight. And a lot of people who have similar experiences as me who are listening right now, you don't need to whip out your clothes and tell people everything. You can keep your underwears on and start telling people one piece by piece. Mm. It's just about taking that three millimeter shift, that bunny step that you start taking, that lift of faith that you have back in humanity. That's all you're starting to have to do. And that's what I did to gain my confidence, to give me motivation, to give me this really strong intention of why I'm getting up in the morning every single day. I did get asked by one of my students, what do you say to yourself every single morning? What is your, how do you set your morning intention? I said, I don't because I do it at night. I know that when I get up, it's another beautiful day. I know when I get up, no matter what happened the last 24 hours, I'll be able to control it and take my control back. Yeah. All I have to do is to tell myself before I went to bed that I'm in control of what's going to happen in that next second. Wow. That's a, <laughs> I think this is one of the most powerful conversation I could have with somebody because I don't mind listening to you all day. Like, cause it's like, it's very touching because the good thing about you. And that's the reason why that woman said that because you know how to, um, I don't know your story, you know how to, to put it together and to make everybody relate to that, to know mm-hmm. people really feel Thank sorry you. for you. I mean, it's not like I don't feel sorry. Of course, I feel sorry for whatever mm-hmm. happened in your life, but you know how to put it together to the point of making everybody find themselves into that, not just the people that have like 
who are being mm. like sexually abused or any type of abuse mm. by the family member or loved one. Mm. Also, people haven't been abused, but they can still find themselves into your journey when it comes to becoming a better person, inspiration, you know, like so many things like, you know, saying those words to make you feel strong, to just, mm. I think it's powerful. Like, you know, that's the reason why I think that woman say, you know, that person say to you, you should become like a coach and help other people because <laughs> I can actually feel it even by, just by what you're actually saying. So I'm glad that Aww. you actually find your path and you're actually living for your passion, for your, you know, you know that's what you're mm. here for. And that's very, very important to actually, uh, yeah. to stand for, um, to know your purpose, you know, to live for your purpose. I think that's what I see. I believe you live for your purpose. So mm-hmm. coming back to, <laughs> to that again. So you say everything and you decide to move on and actually help other people, you know, to go mm-hmm. through the same journey as well. Mm-hmm. But for people who are struggling today, like I know for you, everybody have their own process. For people who are struggling today, mm-hmm. what do you think is like this, the first step that they must do? For those kind of people, ask, ask, ask who? Ask. The person. All you have to do is start asking because I didn't know there was help out there. Hmm. I didn't know that I could help you mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All you have to do is start asking, asking for help, asking for, Hey, something happened to me. Can I ask you a question? This happened to me. What do I do with it? Hmm. Because I have no ideas. I have no clue. And I was so ashamed to ask for help. Remember what I said about me being a very great pretender, Mm. that I pretend that everything was okay in my life. I pretend that I was happy. Mm. And it was my birthday about a month ago. And I saw the photos that what I've been post up on Facebook for the last 10 years before I met my current partner. All I post up was photo of my uh, Louis Vuitton bag, my flowers, all the material thing, the fine dining I was eating, Mm. all the material things that to let people think I was happy, to let people think I was living a good life. And And I wasn't living a bad life, but I was not happy. I was empty and watery inside. So I pretended that way. And the last two years, ever since I've been with my new partner, all I put is the picture of me smiling and thanking the world, showing that gratitude. Mm. And I see that is such a change in me that from someone who was pretending to be happy to someone that who are truly happy and contained with myself. And I, I actually make a song to my partner. He doesn't know that. So this is the first place oh, I really? would do it. I actually uh, got into a program and actually make a song to him to thank, uh, to wish him happy birthday, but to also thank him for allowing me to find my sense of belonging next to him. A lot of people, when they talk about sense of belonging is, oh, I belong to someone. So when they are loving me, then, then that's, that's my thing. If they don't talk to me, all my insecurity comes up. So that's the difference. I find my sense of belonging next to him. I find me when I'm with him. That's the major difference. And that's what the song was about. I'm grateful for him to hold that space for me, to give me that encouragement, that support. And he's the one who support me to become a coach too. So he was the second person who encouraged me to do that. So are you talking about the one that abused you? 
No, 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 my new oh. partner. Oh, my sorry. That's how that, I was getting my... confused. I was like, well, yeah, no, 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 no. Thank you for clarifying on. that. No, right, no, 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 no. So it's clear, my new partner that, that no, 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 no. I haven't yeah, talked to him. I guess, are you guys still together, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. We are going strong, which is wonderful. Like, you can see my smile as good, soon as good. that. I, I just want to give a good shout out to him and thank you for actually helping her to become a better person because I want to give the credit to the right person because I was getting confused. Like, yeah, his name is Malcolm. He's Malcolm. amazing. Oh, I got a friend named Malcolm as well. So he's easy name for me to remember. Yeah, know. he's amazing. Malcolm, thank you he's for being amazing. on her life. And you are such a yeah. lovely man as well. So, yeah. So he actually helped you to, to become a better person. He helped you to your journey. Oh, he did. And so you say like the first things to do for people, because I know many people are listening to this. They're saying people mm. are actually being abused as well. And they're kind of mm. like trying to find their way. So what you're saying is they have to make sure that they ask, ask for help. Yeah. Do you think all you have about, to do is ask? What about if you feel like do you think you can actually heal without really asking for help, without having a conversation, without letting this out? Do you think is is do you think you can actually just say, you know what, no. what happened to my past? Like, uh, is what it is. I'm just gonna live yeah. my life. Or do you think like you must if you don't do that, you must ask for help. You, you must actually you must ask for help. Okay. Just yeah, like without like, asking for help. Yeah. What happens is it's not that you can't. You tend to put a band-aid on it. What a lot of people do when they go through trauma or hurt, they put a band-aid on it and pretend everything is okay. And that's what I did for over 30 years. I put a band-aid on and say, yeah, that's fine. It's not bleeding. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I just leave it. It will heal itself. But the problem is it doesn't heal itself. It's going to be a wound that is keep leaking blood. It will be a wound that will hurt you all the time. But when you guess for, get help, ask for help, ask for professional help, talk to someone you can trust, talk to a coach, talk to you, talk to me, anyone that is actually been through that and done that. They, what they do is they help you to whip open that bandaid mm. and stare at the wound, not with fear, but with control get that control back so that wound will then begin to heal without healing that wound you will constantly go back into triggers uh it could be a boyfriend not returning your text and then you're like oh my god he's cheating again because again did you just hear what i say he's cheating again mm -hmm. we use our past experience onto our future a lot and predict what will be happening it's because we have a wound there that we just put a damn band-aid on and we haven't healed it. But asking for help helps you to heal that wound. It helps you to become stronger. So like now that I am, I'm looking at the wound that I have, like when we first started this conversation, can I ask you anything? Yes, you can. Are you happy to share anything? Yes, I am. Because now I can look at that wound, that bandage is off. And I can look at the wound, it's no longer bleeding. It's healed. So I look at it. I wear my scarf like a badge to show how powerful I am. I don't wear it as a hurt when it keeps leaking blood and I cry about it. That is the difference of when you can ask for professional help, when you can ask for people that who you can trust, not just as a friend. I understand that we always like to go to our friends and family for help first. The problem is your friends and family may not know how to deal with the situation because they may not been into there they may they haven't got their training into how to deal with difficult situation like that yeah so go to a counselor 
go into a lifeline, like call those lifelines that are who are, if you're being abused at home, call the family domestic hotline, call those people to reach out to a professional. That is when they will give you the honest, no bias opinion. As your friend, as your family member, because they love you so much, they may actually inject their personal perception into you. One of the thing about us becoming a coach is we don't have any perception. We don't have our personal judgment. We don't put our perception onto our client when we're looking at a situation. We let the client lead out whatever they wanted to say because the answer is always within. I just want to ask you one question, right? Because you actually make me think about other things. Let's say you're in a position mm. where you are the one not abusing somebody because sometimes we do mm. hurt people, right? Yeah. You hurt somebody, you feel like you hurt the person and you kind of like want to fix yourself. But knowing the person's already hurt, but the person trusts you. Mm. In mm. that process, do you think you should, is it enough to just change or nicely change and have a conversation with the person, or do you feel like maybe you should go and see somebody sitting down with the person and then heal at the same time? Do you think that's the I would probably, yeah, I or, would take the second think, option. Or, or do you think it's possible to just confess, talk to the person honestly, and then just, yeah, change, honestly change as well? But How easy to change a habit? Let me ask you that question. How easy to change a habit? It's not easy exactly yeah. same thing the person who are used to hurting you he doesn't even know or she doesn't even know they're hurting you because for them it's a habit so you're expecting someone to actually change like that just because you've been honest and open to them hmm. that won't happen that's the truth because just like i said how easy is for you to change a habit if it's not easy for you to change a habit how do you think other people will react why don't we go and to talk to a professional or someone that who try train into that area? Because it's all the art of language as well. When we actually say things, if we choose the different language, but the same meaning, it we see differently. So when you talk to a professional, so when you can feel that hurt, you can express it without anger. You can express it without blame, but you can express it with reality, authenticity. That is the difference. Because confronting the people who hurt you is an ultimate thing. I did an open letter to my ex-husband on one of our podcasts, and that was the most raw thing I ever had to do. It was everything that I had to say to him, what I have said left. And it was so empowering. I don't know if he would ever see that letter or listen to that podcast and i don't really care because what i'm doing is releasing what i have inside all that shame all that guilt all that hurts all that fear of i have in him so there is a way to do things we and confronting the other person is very very scary and most of the time what do we do when we're scared we put in an armor we put in a shell so we go in with a shell trying to protect ourselves by attacking the other people. Hmm. So that's not the right way to do things because what people do when they get attacked, they fight back. So are you, so are you what talking situation? like, you are like, um, do you do like a couple, like, I don't know if it's therapy, <laughs> like, yeah. do you do couple <laughs> therapy as well? I do sessions for people uh, individually. If they wanted to have a couple session, we can. 
we can definitely do that as well because i look after the confidence of people in the area of life relationship and business so okay. i do three different areas for people because that's what i've been for in my life i know a lot of coaches that they say oh you must have one niche you must do something my niche is confident so yeah. where confidence actually comes in i can go and help because i experience traumatic life life um, situation which i call it colorful life my relationship for 19 years being abused and i still was able to build a six-figure business from from doing that yeah and then for my business wise i now help other coaches to become a better coach so okay. this is who i am now in my life that i'm so grateful for my journey of what it has come and you're why i actually really thank malcolm before i used to say i do not want to meet live more than 60 years old because my life has been so rich that i don't want to live more than 60 years old that was the reason why i left my ex-husband on my 40th birthday that i make that decision and say i only got 20 years left in my life i don't i don't want to be unhappy anymore all i want is to be happy and find the joy of my life so i get out of that marriage on my 40th birthday that was the big decision i made and then when i met malcolm he let me see another world that i never imagined it could happen the love and connection that we have he's a navy so he's not here all the time like he, currently he's on a four and a half months deployment but it doesn't make me feel that i'm not close to him it doesn't make me feel that he's not looking after me it never actually come up my in my head that oh i'm insecure what the hell is he doing over there i, I don't have that thinking it's because i trust him and he trusts me and we have that bond together now that he knows that i'm not going to uh, like uh cheat on him and he, i knows that he has the respect not to cheat on me as well so building up that respect with your partner uh controlling our own insecurity that is what i teach people in the area of relationship even for ourselves we have a lot of insecurity that's normal because we have emotion we are humans okay it's like, oh, he didn't return my call. Oh, did he still love me or not? Like, of course, that sort of thing come to your mind, isn't it? Like, you know, when you haven't hear him for three days, like because he's a navy, he's in the sea and he has no connection. So it's like I couldn't hear from him for three days. So what would normal woman do? Oh my God, he doesn't love me anymore. He does. He, he must be talking to another woman or something like that. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I actually sent him an email after not hearing from him for three days. Because I know sometimes when they do military exercise, he can't go onto his phone. So I sent him an email instead and said, baby, I miss you. I support you. I respect you. And I know what you're doing is important to you. So I believe in you. Have an amazing day. That's what I said. I didn't attack him. I hold the space for him. It's, it is because of my action that I give him the space when he needed. I give him the love and care and support. And the most importantly for a guy is respect. I give him the respect as a man. So he can do everything. He doesn't have to report to me. Okay, he doesn't report, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm eating cheese and, and Mac this afternoon. I don't need that sort of thing. I would love to know because I'm bored, but I don't need that sort of thing. 
And if he does it, it made me feel very sweet. Amazing. So I put the focus not on he's not here. He didn't actually stay with me. I put the focus onto ooh, all the sweet things that I can think about, all the encouragement that I can give him. Everything there, it just makes us melt really well. And it really helps that he's also a coach. It really helps that he's also an NLP pack. So we all understand with in the self-development area, when you can find someone that who truly understand you, is such a goal. And I it doesn't surprise me when we're first going out together, when we're going into shops, people already ask us, are you guys married? I said, mm. no, I haven't got my wing yet. I always have that ask to us. It's because the energy that we have with each other are so close. We understand each other so well and we can accept each other as it is. Doesn't mean that I don't chuck a fuss at him. Doesn't mean mm. that we don't have fights, but we know when we have a fight, we don't go into personal attack mode. We go into the situation. We talk about the situation, not on the other thing. And I caught him up all the time. I would say, baby, like, you know, you haven't talked to me like in this way. And I feel like that. I don't know. Are you under stress? So please express it to me. And he will say, yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. Got it, baby. I need to know how much understanding I can have that I need to have so I can help you into giving you the support you need. It's <laughs> yeah. all about understanding. It's really cool. Say, our like, relationship. Um, I think, I think this is the most, uh, the more, one of the most, to not say the most powerful podcast I ever have. I feel like <laughs> it's funny because yeah, I think, I think that's the beauty of doing the podcast because I talk to a lot of people, but I only like talking to people that have experience in whatever they're saying. Mm. The fact coming to that subject, you have so much experience and you actually, it just like, it's moving. It's like, I have a lot of things coming in my mind right now. It's like, mm. I just, I just want to thank you for that. Like, you know, you are really blessed and gifted for, you know, I think it was going to be a waste of life if you didn't use your gift to, to share with the world, because now I think you're actually helping a lot of people by coaching, by doing the podcast and directly you're helping a lot of people as well, you know, and that's like, I think like you should be proud of it. You know, I just want to say to you that. You I know, am very, very proud. And proud I wanted to say to that. people, yeah. even that when you are building up a new business, when you're starting to gain your first back, they will pe have people that will look down on you. And yeah. I'm, I'm honest, I know that my story is beautiful. I know that I'm a very powerful and strong person. And guess what? I have been to into two podcasts that I was treated like a second class citizen. Mm. There was one interview that I was doing. She's like, oh, like, you know, your story is good and things like that. But there's something about that. I don't like, you know, really know that if we go with the flow and I'm like, it's okay. I respect you it is your podcast. I got my story to share. I don't know. The it's person powerful says she or not. prefer when you go for the, when you go for us. Yeah, it was just weird. Like you will find people who think that you are not qualified enough, who will think that you are not good enough. And I told her that, yeah, I've been coaching for um 14 months. And then she's like, oh, then I can't call you an expert. I'm like, but I make six figures. Hmm. How many coaches can make six figures within 12 months wanting their business? You tell me. <laughs> mm. so it's not about the money i make as well so but don't judge me because of the years of experience i have in the coaching i've been living a human life for 43 years so what yeah. makes me an expert it's my life it's Talk not what you give me <laughs> yeah so I mean, don't let anyone put you down what people what people don't understand is sometimes the experience actually is better than whatever 
learning certificate whatever that you have like you know what i mean because especially when you come to life coaching everything that you're doing i believe mm-hmm. your own experience actually is the is, is is the main thing you know like it's the main thing because exactly. like now you're talking with your heart i can actually like it's just i can tell like whatever you're saying is true because you are you know about it and when you have a conversation mm-hmm. with people people can relate because it's natural it's mm-hmm. not just telling like a story something like you fail you have in your spirit and your soul in your body that's that's the reason why people can actually relate so whatever that people say the reason why people react that way sometimes is because of the their own insecurity it actually can make people mm-hmm. react that way because when you talk you say so much truth in a smooth way people if they find themselves they can find themselves in a picture but like maybe in a bad picture mm-hmm. in the bad side of the picture yeah. and they can get a little bit defensive as well that's why you can see people react same time a little mm-hmm. bit aggressive i'm sure you are used to it when you have a conversation with people especially when you talk about certain topics people always trying yeah. to be naturally a little bit defensive it's just because of the yeah. the way of saying things you know and yeah i agree with you I and i always say it, one yeah. sentence that yeah. uh it's their insecurity not yeah. mine yeah people <laughs> insecurity can actually make them react in certain ways so yeah um, i'm like oh, it's okay yeah, so we were, I got lost, but there's so much thing. So what I can remember from this conversation is you're actually telling people that being to this kind of abuse, you must, or any type of abuse, you must see somebody who's qualified for that. Somebody actually mm. made for that. You have to talk to somebody mm. because you cannot just keep it for yourself because even if you feel like, even if you keep it for yourself, that means you're still hiding something. You're going to have yes. is like a rock you actually have in your, in your on your chest so you still have to exactly. talk to somebody if you want to heal and do you think is it important to talk to the let's say you've been abused by like yourself your was like your uncle do you think it's really important to say to family like your dad your mom like to people close to them i find that it's so actually very so, hard so, to so, talk to so, family so they can actually know like he did it in that sense or is it more like what you have to be benefit more like, would it uh, bring oh yeah true yeah. That, that that would be what like because you don't want to have for like someone that is shame or something like that. Yeah. yeah but the thing is i find that it's a lot easier to talk to a stranger than talking to family members because you don't need to see them every single day <laughs> does that make sense yeah because I, like I, I when you're faced with the situation i always say to one of my friends i used to tell to her like I prefer to talk to stranger because yeah. I trust more stranger than a family member because my family member, yeah. you're going to see them all the time and they're going to pretend that they yeah. like you and everything. Exactly. I love strangers. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot easier and we love them differently. Put it that way. Like we love our family. We have our respect for our family. I love my family. So even no matter what happening in my family, I still love them very, very dearly. Um, but the thing is, when you're talking about something that hurt you, something that is so deep and raw inside, your family member may not understand it, not because they don't love you. It's because they don't have the professional training to deal with the emotion that you have. Yeah, that's right. They could like, like it sounds like good. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, we like just like my brother. He knows what happened to me with my ex-husband. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to kill him and things like that. Of course, because you're trying to protect me. But it doesn't do anything to me if you kill him. Yeah. Like, he's, like he's physically, like think about it. You need to go to the jail and everything. And then I lose a brother. Like, why? He doesn't mm. deserve that treatment. It's because he, you are better than him. 
Like he doesn't deserve the care, the the anger that you have towards him. He, yeah. he doesn't deserve it. So why don't I talk to a professional or someone that is stranger that doesn't have judgment? Because judgment is a very big thing. We are always so scared of how other people will see us. It's like that's why I was in silence for thirty years because、mm. I was scared. I have this beautiful entrepreneur look on our side of me. That I'm always, I'm famous. I'm I'm well known in the industry. I'm well known by people. I was scared the shit out of telling people what would happen to me. Like what happened to me? I was very scared to share. So if I, by talking to a stranger, you actually feel like that. If I don't like that person, I don't have to see her again. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the benefit of it. We have a protection against. I got a choice not to see them again. But with my family member, if they say that, oh, it must be your fault. Did you wear a dress that is too too short? Like it, they could be saying something like that, and that will make you think, oh my god, now is my problem that I didn't dress appropriately. What is appropriate and what is not appropriate?、Hmm. There's all this reason for it, but other people may use their perception on you. And a trained professional will not, and be very careful when you find your trained professional because there's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of people that still have so much hurt and pain, and they're trying to get through this thing, and they wanted to become a coach. I have seen so many people like that.、Hmm. They haven't even solved their own problem, but then they wanted to coach other people. And and I can see as a financial benefit, I can see a lot of that. But the main thing is. You really can't help other people until you go through that process first, because you will then use your own bias opinion. You will use your perception and not be able to lose something that is very important. When we are coaching people, there's two sentences that I always make sure that I is in my mind. I respect the other people model of the world. Their belief is their belief. Their value is their value. I do not have the disrespect for anyone. Second sentence is, "Am I caring, or am I controlling?" Because care and control is a very fine line. Just like a mum, eat this; it's very good. Have this; it's very nice. Have this because I told you so, and it's very, very good and very, very nice. What did I become? I become controlling. I was controlling the other person's will. And as we know, human, we hate to be controlled. Who likes to be controlled? No one likes to be controlled. We like to be persuaded into, but we don't like to be controlled. So, as a coach, we have to be very, very careful about our care and our control, and where the respect comes in. So, once you find a coach that who completely understand that, that is what will make a difference, because there's no more bias, there's no more perception. You weren't told to do things. You are a coach is someone to shine a light into you, so you can find all the answers from within. It's not like that. We we don't have our skill. We use our skill to help you to find that light from within, because that's the answer you've been always waiting for. It's not me to tell you what to do. I'm here to guide you to find the answer, and that's what a coach is. And that's what I wanted to help. Like like I said, everyone all they have to do is ask for help. And I want to offer that help to your audience. I don't、yeah. know if you do that sort of thing. If yeah, you, sure, you sure, are happy, sure, sure, sure. I'm happy to offer my、uh, empowerment session to anyone that who mentions your name. Is like I heard his podcast, and I wanted to come in and 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 ask for help. Please come in to me. I will give you your first empowerment session for free. I'm not here to sell you anything. I just want to give the choice to people who need help 
to ask for professional help. I'm open in a process of even opening my nonprofit organization that I wanted to help other women who were suffering in silence, who get the help from a coach, that who are trained by me, who are professional, who actually know what they're doing to help you with your life situation. That's what I wanted to give back to the community because there was a moment that I couldn't even afford food. Yeah. There was a moment that my ex-husband took everything off me, including my car, including all the money that I hide under seven boxes inside a bag. He was still able to find it. So I was left with almost nothing when I stepped out of my marriage. But I was able to make my life come back. Not because that I am smarter than anyone, not because that I know more than anyone. It's because that I know my life is in my hand now, that I'm finally free, that I can make my own decision, that I can be the controller of my life again. And I choose to stop being a victim. I choose to stop being a blamer. I choose to become the creator of my own life using what I have and what I can learn. And universe is a very funny thing. It will always bring you what you ask for. So stop asking for things that you don't want. I'm not pretty enough. I don't matter. I'm not important. I'm, I'm insecure. Stop telling yourself all those BS, your belief system, your, your, the other bullshit that you wanted to talk about, whatever you want to call it. I call it BS, the belief system. Stop telling yourself those things that you don't want. You want people to love you more? Great. I love myself. I have people who respect me. You want you want a higher job, pay job? I'm respected by my peers. I'm appreciated by my work. As soon as you keep telling yourselves that you're starting to hold the key of happiness to your life instead of holding the key of sadness. Because when you hold your key of sadness, everything becomes sad. Yeah. When you hold the key of happiness, every door becomes a light. You are in control of that. No one else can take that power from you until you give it away. But it's so painful. It's so hurtful. Yes, I know. And I'm sorry that you have to go through that. But now in this current moment, you are in control. What do you choose to do? And the choice is up to you. Man. <laughs> this is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this, this is a podcast or this is like a therapy session because like I think it's a bit true. This is is very I'm happy though. I'm very happy. I don't know what to say. I'm just happy that you know I'm happy that we have this conversation, you know, like um I'm I'm glad. I'm really glad. I don't know what to say. I'm and grateful I'm sure for the like, chance to be here. I'm sure like the people actually listen to this episode, I'm feel they're gonna feel the same thing as well. As I say, if you guys want to get in touch with Martha, what she's doing, she's actually offering first session for free. Make sure you just mention my name or my podcast. You can say Funk Rass or mm -hmm. you can say Better Yourself Podcast. You send her a message. You say you've been listening to my episode. You know, uh, you listen to the podcast on Better Yourself Podcast. And she's actually going to offer you a free mm -hmm. session of, you know, self-help, you know, whatever you want, like relationship, mm -hmm. your personal life. If you've been abused, anything that you want, she's very like, you listen to it yourself. I don't even have to say I'm trying to, you know, promote her. Like, you know, don't be shy. As she say, everybody need help. If you need help, don't be shy. Nobody's going to know. Everything is, is doing online. You don't know her. You're going to talk to her one, two times. And that's mm. it. 
and yeah it's, you're gonna help yourself like please 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 if like you are being touched by this podcast don't actually return yourself just make sure send her a message she's gonna help you out if you are shy you can't even do like just uh, without a video you're just gonna talk um and and please please do that please do that no and problem are you working on something right now any other project that you're i am uh working i working on my sixth book <laughs> that one is coming up yeah. soon but if anyone needs some inspiration i'm happy to give you a link in your show notes uh to sure, download sure. one of my books so yeah. they can have a way of contacting me as well so yeah. if anyone wanted to contact me you can find me on google just search super confident coach or martha mock my name will come out now now the name makes sense actually now actually i'm actually proud to call you that name <laughs> i feel even i feel like that name is not heavy enough you need to add more <laughs> <laughs> yeah it took me about three months to actually earn it i'm not kidding it took me about of, three months you need a lot of confidence to actually yeah to, to to call yourself that name like you know super company mm. coach that's like very good and then you deserve to to have that name and before we wrap it up i don't want to take too much of your time last thing that you want to say to people actually because i know like your journey is so long and there's so many things that happen in between as you say the person have to talk to somebody but i think one of the biggest thing as well i think there's something that we haven't mentioned it was forgiveness do you think during the process forgive forgiveness is it a must i mean i'm talking about a person that actually abused you mm. i agree with you forgiveness the first forgiveness we give is actually to ourselves. yeah the second forgiveness is to for the person that will hurt you because as soon as you can forgive yourself you won't feel guilty anymore you won't feel the fear anymore when you forgive the other person you control that power you are taking the power back into you so have forgiveness for yourself and have forgiveness on the other person because what is better in return on investment i'm a businesswoman mm. so what is the in return on investment of being in angry being in sad being in pain doesn't have any return on investment beside the comfort of knowing what pains feels like no i refuse to do that I want to have a better return on investment. I want to wake up every morning smiling, not crying. I want to go to bed, be able to sleep, fall asleep immediately instead of dreaming for hours. Yeah. So I choose forgiveness. I choose to take that power back. And I believe everyone can do that. Yeah, everybody can do that. Everybody can actually take the power back because at the end of the day, everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody deserves to mm -hmm. have a better life. No matter if you are a victim, if you hurt other people or you've been hurt, there's mm. always a chance because sometimes people feel guilty because they did a lot of wrong things. But I believe yeah. based on what you're saying, I think as long as you, you recognize whatever you've been doing and you want to better yourself yeah. and you want to, you know, heal yourself and help other people as well, just give yourself a chance, make sure you talk to the right people as well. So what you need to remember from this is make sure you go and talk to somebody. Forgiveness is one of the key and live your life and live for your purpose and be happy. All right. And then that's Definitely. how you're going to have self-confidence. So thank you for today again. Anything you want to say before you say goodbye? And so I said that more, one more time, but like, yeah, I feel like I don't want to let you go, but I have to. Uh, just for the audience, anything that you, you want to say and then we actually wrap it up. Always ask for help. Reach out if you need. I'm here for you. And remember, you don't need to be perfect to be confident. Good. That's, 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 that's it man i'm not gonna add anything else 
<laughs> all right so thank you again for having you today anybody want to get thank in touch you so much you, i'm gonna put the link there and thank you again i hope i'm gonna record another episode with you actually and yeah oh please invite me back anytime i haven't talked so much about your podcast your podcast is even more about Oh, I only have a Facebook Live um presentation oh, at the Facebook moment. I yeah. may do a broadcast later. I'll see how I go with time. It's mainly the time oh, I mean, is the I mean, essence. You don't have enough time. I think. Uh, I mean, you being in other people' podcast is already good. I think you should do your. I yeah. mean, your own podcast sometime as well. If even if yeah, it's I'll see how my dear just pretty out there. Thank yeah, you again thank for having you. you today, and see you next time. Just hold it. Thank you.